Hey everybody, what's up? It's Tipping the Scales. Man, we are live. I'm Shay, LaShayla Dawson. I was gonna say you're not LaShayla today. I can switch it up, thanks. Yes, okay, mind your business, thanks. Mind your business, okay. I can't mind my own business, never did. <laughs> it's not my thing. And I'm Tania, also known as T. So welcome, tippers, and welcome, gentlemen. Excited to have you here. So our first two guys that were on, Shout out to TJ and Josh. You guys were amazing yes. and appreciate your vulnerability. And so they had rings on their fingers. You guys are, so are you- Hold on, hold on, let me stop. <laughs> That's how we started That's how we're going to do this. Is that why y'all paired us together? <laughs> I don't know, T? What, what's the question? Is that why you paired them together because they're both single? Oh, no. <laughs> We wanted to put the pants. Or we don't know together. if they're single, actually. We have to ask. I don't know. But I that's the first thing that I noticed. There's no rings. So does that mean you got so it's safe to assume that you guys aren't married? I'm married to the Lord. Oh, a- <laughs> amen. Amen. So married there to are the no Lord. Comment. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, well, you never you're never alone when you're with Christ. <laughs> the Lord not, is no. with us tonight. Well, before we jump in our questions, let's start off a little bit by telling the tippers who you are and anything you want to share, whether it be a fun fact or what you do for a living. I hate to do that because people are like, what do you do for a living? But talk a little bit about just who you are and what do you want to share before we dig in and step on your souls. No, I'm just kidding. We're just going to have fun. Uh, well, I guess I'll start. Uh, Marcus Harden. Uh, I am originally from Seattle, Washington, uh, the, the West Coast, the best coast. Um, oh, I won't okay. say what I do for a living. I'll say what I do for a purpose. Ooh. So um, oh, he's I'm, a deep one, y'all. I am, uh, I am a believer in people. So no matter who is paying my mortgage at the time, I'm a believer in people. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I spent my whole life working with young people, yep. young black men specifically. And so I originally from Seattle, Washington, only child. My parents kissed once in the late 70s and they had me um, and a uh, former, former college athlete. I'm um, spent my whole life dedicated to education and nonprofit and just service. Like my life is not my own. I truly believe that. Um, and so I'm just here so glad. I am happily single. Um, I am not a person who longs for that. If love finds me, then I will embrace it. And if it doesn't, I'm surrounded by people and things that love me and I am a shallow reflection of the lives that are spitting to mind. So I'm good. I'm a Sagittarius. I like short walks on the beaches. And, <laughs> Um, I, I am here because Shay is my sister. It is past my bedtime. I'll be at home watching Golden Girl reruns and uh, LeBron making that same shot over and over, but I'm so happy to be here and so thankful for the space y'all creating. So like, thank awesome. you. Okay. This is a deep one. Okay. All right. Well, uh, similar to my brother here, man, I, I got a, a real passion for what I do and uh, how I lead my life. And it's more so about um, just the day-to-day journey because, you know, everybody chasing some, everybody got a finish line that they're trying to get to. Yeah. But you know, it's a lot of the in-between that I get the most joy from um, and how I live my life. So I'm, uh, I'm from Wisconsin, up north, uh, made my way down here, played a little college ball at Tennessee. I uh, got a chance to uh, get my, my uh, bachelor's in psychology. And then, you know, by the grace of God, I was able to go play professionally for two years. That's um, awesome. But then ended up getting my career derailed just through, due to injury and then had to figure it all out over again. So. Um, that ultimately led, led me back to, you know, my passion, my purpose, you know, working with, you know, people on the spectrum, not only children, but families, you know, it's a lot of family that's deal with mental health and sometimes it's not the kid, it's the parents that have it, you know what I mean? And a lot of it is, um, you know, when you're going through these things, you think you're going through it alone, 
And sometimes those burdens are very heavy and it's, it's better if you can stomach it, if you got more shoulders to carry the load. So essentially um, what I try to do very collaborative in nature, very collaborative in my approach. And, you know, similar to what Josh was saying, I think, you know, the, the heavy lifting is easy when you got people of like-minded, similar to like everybody on this stage, got a purpose for just sitting up there having a conversation, right. um, you know, because that's what the most power has had. Although y'all listening right now, it's eventually y'all gonna get to the point where y'all in these same kind of seats may not be with lights and everything, but it's still the same topic. You know what I mean? Just to be able to have those deep conversations because ultimately that deepens relationships. And that's what I've come to find out, you mm -hmm. know, just over my journey of life. And I ended up meeting Shay uh, through her uh, soon to be husband, Dr. Ricks, at uh, the University of Missouri. Dr. Ricks, I love how that sounds. I do too. I love Shout how that sounds. our brother Nafis. You know, yeah. speak that thing into fruition, okay? Yeah, most certainly. You know, and I, I'm very big on just, like I said, uh, when I come in contact with genuine individuals, um, you know, whether it be any kind of relationships, they're difficult, they're hard, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And sometimes adults really fail to realize that concept when it comes to just, you know, going that extra mile or dropping that pride and making that phone call um, and saying, I'm sorry, or saying, I may not understand or I may not have understood, but I get why your feelings were the, what, what they were and they're valid. You know what I mean? And a lot of that is just, you know, um, trying to step out your own way. And so through the course of my life, playing overseas, living in Israel, living, living in Japan, uh, a lot of things that showed me that things are going to shock you. Culture shock is real. You know, but that's not when you just go out to another country. It's more so when you go to a new neighborhood, when you see a new face, when you go to a new workplace. Right. This culture shock is still all the same. You know what I mean? Just figuring out how you're going to maneuver through it. And a lot of it is just having an understanding of where you are and being able to respect yourself in your environment. You know? So sorry that was long-winded. No, it's okay. that's great. That's good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we got you up here to kind of just both of you are very brave in your approach and how you approach life. Um, as I watch you, I can't even say grow, just like take on the day. Like I, I watched you, I spent the pandemic with Duran. We, we got shut down in the pandemic, me, Nafis and him. Three oh, students. Did your best work was doing a pandemic. It, it was. Well, well, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Because, you know, I definitely was empowering her, you know, just to kind of take heed to who she is. Yeah. And a lot of it is just like, you know, sometimes you can't see your own blind spots. And, you yeah. know, when it comes to stepping out on faith or doing something that's not necessarily in your lane, but what is a lane? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if I got wheels, I'm 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 there. You yeah. know, so uh, it, the pandemic was a unique time. It was. I'm, I'm glad I got to spend it with them too. Honestly, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't change it. It was so it was so great. It was so great. But that's also too where I learned a lot about myself. But I learned a lot about men and how they live. Right, and living with two guys. Uh, <laughs> just more of just like your daily routines, right? So speaking about daily routines, Marcus, how do you wake up in the morning? How do you go out in the day and conquer the day as a man, as a black man, as an educator, as a human who loves people? How, what, what are the things that you do to get yourself ready for the day knowing what you have to deal with out there? Um, it's funny, I was just having this conversation. Um, <laughs> so I'm an only child. So I've had to like spend a lot of time like, uh, self-entertaining and self-soothing. So my, my, my morning routine is actually pretty simple. I like roll out of bread, say my prayer, um, kind of set a focus for the day. Um, mm -hmm. My life has just always been as a person who is um, taking on the burdens of other people. So I've been working like literally since I was 12 years old. Like I've been collecting the check since I was wow. 12. I've had great parents. My mom was a, a single mother for the most part. My dad was in and out of jail early. This is live, ain't it? 
Um, yeah, my dad, my dad was, um, in and out of jail early. Um, and, and, you know, some of the classic stuff. And so I've had to adult, I'm probably more of a kid now than I ever was as a child because I've had to adult young. And so a lot of my routine is just centering, uh, cause a lot of my life has been, um, to help other people. And it's actually, it's not a burden to me. It's the blessing, but it's also the thing I have to prepare myself in the day to take on the emotional weight. Um, or the thoughtful weight of other people. And so I usually pray and I, and I say like, God, what is your will for me today? Like prepare me for what this day is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm recently delivered from the fat spirit. And so like, I usually go to the gym, um, you know, <laughs> not fully, I'm in the Husky spirit now, but um, you know, like working out has become part of my ritual and my own yeah. self care. Yeah. Um, awesome. You know, I have tattoo, I have love tattooed on my arm. Um, but as, as Josh was saying and TJ was saying, um, it took me so long to love myself. I spent so long loving other people as my as my paramount value yeah. um, that until moving to Atlanta, honestly, so four or five years ago that I spent the time to like really love myself and put me first, not in the selfish way, but in the selfless way yeah. um, to be able to give back to others. So I, I, I prepare myself in the day um, and then, you know, I put on some 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 90s hip hop or I put a little too short below the whistle or a little John Mayer gravity. And, and we hit the day. I'm, I'm eclectic. I'm from Seattle. You know, I got a little, a little everything in me um, and just get ready. And I really say, you know, God, you know, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? Kind of the same mantra every day um, and tackle it. But I, I really feel like my life is to be filled with purpose. So the work that we get to do um, every day, it is not cliche. Like I am not there for the lights. I don't care about any of the other stuff. Like I tell the young people I work with, I just want you to be great men because that'll outlast any of your other talents. Um, and, and that's how I prepare and, and, you know, take the day as it may. And, and, and as you know, the day comes. Yes. Um, and you but, do it with a smile, no matter you what do it brings. With, listen, you put that Chick-fil-A <laughs> smile on and you say, my pleasure. <laughs> and you keep it moving. So, you definitely do that. That's how, that's how I handle that. Beautiful. And Gerard? Uh, reiterate the question for me. So basically, how do you prepare for the day knowing that the world is not a forgiving place? It's dangerous out there, right? There are not a lot of safe spaces for men. There are not a lot of safe spaces for black men. Um, how do you wake up in the morning and prepare yourself each day, even when you're going through stuff? Like, what do you do? What's your routine? What is that like? Oh, that's a unique question um, because I, you know, a lot of what life is is, you know, the good and the bad is that it don't stop. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, Tuesday coming, Wednesday coming. Yeah, I don't care coming. how you slice it. What you feeling like? What just happened to you today? Thursday coming. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's um, it's one of those things you got to do. Do it with confidence, you know what I mean? Encourage, and obviously a lot of other components that go into that, but it's like, it's an intentional factor that gotta be behind a lot of what you do when you get Setting out the bed. Setting your intention. You know what I mean? Because it's like, especially looking like the way we look, you mm-hmm. know, you're gonna run into things more often than none that's not gonna be in your favor, you know? And, and if you don't understand that, you're gonna forever get punched in the mouth mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways. And it's just like, uh, for me, just making sure uh, I'm locked in, I'm present, you know, because a lot of times people, you know, what we do on a day-to-day basis, uh, is, I guarantee you, is like 90% habit, you know what I mean? So unconscious, yeah. just doing it. Like, you, sometimes you get off work, you dead tired, you you make it home, you're like, I don't even know who's driving that car, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm here right. in my driveway, you know what I mean? Or whatever the case may be. And it's one of those things, while you're on autopilot, you can get hurt. You know what I mean? Because you think a lot of things in life just supposed to be a no, it's supposed to just be a normal day, right? But history is created every day. You know what I mean? We we sitting here. Was this the first live audience? 
this is history. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. just being yes. a part of history every day and knowing that you're going to make history every day, do it with intention. You know what yeah. I mean? That's, that's the biggest thing that I try to emphasize um, just with myself, because at the end of the day, you can get so caught up in trying to be the hero in somebody else's story when your story's still writing itself. You know what I mean? If you're neglecting yourself, what's your script look like? You know what I mean? Yeah. You provide all the value for somebody else, but you haven't done the work on your own self. And I think when it comes to just like having good people around you and being able to say, okay, give me insight on this or critique me on this. Make sure you ask enough qualifying questions to give criticism. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times we do it off on surface level and make it, it seems like it makes sense in the moment, but then when we go reflect on it, you'd be like, damn, I didn't give her all that I could have because I kind of shorted it on because I'm thinking about myself and the aspect that I wanted to be in. You know what I mean? Especially when your friend telling them, telling you about they got good things going on in their life and you more sore, like, all right, but back to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't get it twisted that people make note of those things. You know what I mean? Because it's like, although, you know, you got stuff going on, like we all juggling something that has to be prioritized. And a lot of times we don't prioritize until it's too late. You know, so just trying to be present, you know what I mean? Really just focusing on uh, being intentional with my actions, not only for myself, but for other people. Love that. So, you know, I wonder if men if you guys have some of the same pressures we do as women, like Brandon, you have tattooed on your arm. And for most part, when we bring on our guests, we, we talk about love because it's, yeah. it's real and it's special when you find it. But before we deep dive into love, I'm just curious, because I know for me, I'll be 46 this year. And the question is like, oh my gosh, you're not married. Like, when are you going to get married? Do you feel as men that you have those same pressures that, you know, do you have pressures to get married or have children if you don't have children? Like, what type of pressures do you get around love, marriage? Who wants to go first? <laughs> um, is, uh, uh, talk. I realized if I say you had me on the show. Um, <laughs> So, so my life is interesting. So, um, so I am a father of six. Ooh, caveat. You see, I had a pause. <laughs> whole audience like this old thought. Uh, no, I, no. I, I, I can tell you, a father of six. Uh, Did you sprinkle a little gym? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so sprinkle. at twenty six, I decided to to enter into the foster adoptive system, and so I adopted uh, four sons who were twelve, eleven, and ten. Um, and so, and my commitment to them as young black men was to raise them all the way through. And so, I raised them. So, my oldest is thirty. My youngest is 21. Um, and so during that time, I felt a lot of pressure to like do that. Cause I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. Like I look like Michael Jackson's Funhouse, like, you know, like all these different things. Um, so the pressure was heavier then. And I was just actually having this conversation, I want to say with Josh or maybe um, Damien behind there. But I think um, coming back to like, I hadn't, the way I was taught love was as purely a service um, and not as love to self. And so I had an incredible grandmother. I have a great mother. Um, even as I've grown as a man to understand my father's love, um, which I've taken on a lot of. So my father loved uh, differently than I do. So I'm very wordsy. I'm very like, you know, even to my students now, I'm like, man, I love you. You know, I'm that guy. I'm not afraid to use the word. I'm not afraid to use it, but I think I've become the thing I wanted. Okay. Mm -hmm. My dad loved through provision and protection. I'm also that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's also good that this thing is facing the door, right? Because I was a bouncer and I was like, you know, we got kicked out of here earlier. And I was like, I get it. (laughs) Now you got a job, you know what I'm saying? And so like, but my first, at my baseline, I'm a protector and provider. I'm gonna make sure we got a house. 
I'm gonna make sure you feel safe. Yeah. I've had to grow into the, I love you in the uncomfortable spaces, even with my friends. So to answer your question, um, at the time I was like, there's no woman, there's no partner who wants to enter into this, who, you know, this man who has four teenagers who eating a whole bunch of Capri Suns and, 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 you know, hot noodle cups and the house smell like God knows what, you know what I'm saying? Like even at our best. And so I would say now um, I'm in a space that I'm open for love. However, that comes to me, but I'm also, um, if I'm honest, um, I lived my life for a lot of other people for a long time. So I'm also in a very selfish place in my life as I'm doing the things that I choose to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And if that is God's will to find me, then cool, but I'm also an only child. So I'm also not afraid to be alone. Like I said, I would, I'd be at the house chilling, mismatched socks on, like these two don't match. Just two different black socks, you know what I'm saying? And just black, so it's all that. You know, I was rushing, Shay, I had to take a shower. But, um, you know, it's it's just getting there. And so, but I'm okay with that, right? Um, I think as men, especially, um, I, I watched this wonderful clip from Winston Duke who brought Husky men back. But um, he was talking about, um, how we are often, um, how as big black, as larger black men, um, we are actually oftentimes reducted yes. um, to mm-hmm. just sports or to being sexualized, yes. Yes. right? And so for so yeah. long, that is all I even saw myself as is like as the big friend or as the, you know, if you was into over 300 pound people at the time, the big protective person, right? And so you are reduced to that and you play that role. If that wow. feeds you, um, it is fed. And so like for so long, I was fed into it. And now that I'm free ish, you know, good therapy twice a month and like That's good great. people around me, um, you come to understand that again, like it's an inside job. Um, yeah. And I won't be able to be good to any partner um, unless I'm good to myself. And like I said, That's for the right. first time, I'm like truly loving myself and I'm kind of enjoying this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to find out where this leads. And if it leads to to walking down an aisle and too short blow the whistle playing, then so be it. He said um, that twice. That's the second, that's that's second time, time he said that. So. That's my wedding song and my funeral what song, by the way. But um, that's how I'm going to go in and out. But like, no, that's yeah. just how, how I want it to be. But it's going to be on my rules. And if you're going to love me, um, it's the same way even with our job. Like, I was like, you're going to take me for me or she's just not going to take me. And that's taken me a long time to get there. Um, yeah. but, but, but I'm here yeah. and I'm yeah. loving it. I love that you said self-care because sometimes, a lot of times, I know as women, we're just known to being nurturers and we always love others over loving ourselves. And that's that that can be hard. But I think just as individuals, just as humans, no matter who you are, that you have to start with loving yourself because I got caught up too. You know, I tell the story with Shay is when my son went to college. I'm just so used to doing everything. And, you know, because he was playing ball his whole life. And I would, it's like part of my whole experience, packing lunch, getting ready to, you know, drive to North Carolina for AAU tournament and things like that. When he went to college, I felt like I lost myself. Like, I didn't know what it was that made me happy. If you ask me, you know, it's, it was a real, um, profound moment when I was asked by a friend, like, what do you love to do? And I said, I honestly don't know because all I knew to be a mom. was how to be a mom. Mm-hmm. So now that I have come like full circle in life, I realized that, yes, I want to be the best mom that I can be, but I can't be a great mom without being a good, a good person to Tania. Yeah. To Tania. yeah. So I'm glad that you said that and sounds like you're rooted in that, which is great. Okay. You're not out of the house. You're not out of the house. (laughs) 
how would you answer that? Um, I would say there's no real pressure on me, per se. Uh, my mom and my dad, they've been together for about 25 years. Uh, I got a couple brothers, a couple sisters. And they all got kids. I'm the only one. I'm, a, I'm the middle child, only one without children. Uh, and it's one of those things where I feel like I'm in a really great spot, you know, uh, especially how my life has progressed. And when I speak, I only try to speak from my perspective because that's the only one I can really give you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got a lot of experiences uh, from different walks of life and different uh, from different spaces, you know, and the good part about life is just trying to get as many experiences as possible so you can be able to, you know, pour back into your community, pour back into your children and say, you ain't got to go through X, Y, and Z because I did, or here's how I did X, Y, and Z. So it should, it should be easier for you to do X, Y, and Z. You know, and uh, um, when it comes to just like dating, I'm very, uh, I kind of think this I- This is I, live. You know, that's what, that's what, that's what, that's what I'm trying to make sure I pick my words. Allow share. <laughs> Stay in your own lane. I'm trying to make sure I pick my words wisely. Uh, Cause I do want to make sure I'm purpose, purposeful when I say some of these things. Because it's, it's, it's power and being patient um, when it comes to women. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I didn't have been in a lot of situations where it could have been totally different as far as, like, what my life looked like, as far as, like, how many children I have by different women. Because it's been situations where I've been careless and irresponsible, mm-hmm. intentionally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, whatever mm-hmm. happens, happens. And, you know, we all have had those mindsets when it comes to certain things, whether if the day been hell, and then you go, if I got to go through one more thing, it's up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you want to kind of just sweep your whole life under the rug or make one bad decision and derail everything you got going mm-hmm. on um, just for you know one situation that you can't really just think uh, past it. You know what I mean? And if you realize, regardless of what, however bad it is, you've made it through 100% of those situations. And so when I look at relationships, I, also, I often see like I didn't came across a lot of amazing women. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. boy, if I had to... <laughs> A lot of amazing women, and yeah. it's just like, yeah, you can look at it as, you know, people say you fumbled a, a great woman or you fumbled a great mm-hmm. man. That's not necessarily true. I'm more so, I had, in that failure, I found things about myself that I also either needed to work on or needed to enhance to be a better partner. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. as sad as it sounds, each woman, each man that you kind of go through builds you for the next one, you right. know, believe it or not. And if you, if you can take heed to what's happening to you and not react to it, more so respond to it, you know what I mean? It'll give you a, a, a more sustainable chance at success. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I'm looking forward to whatever woman I come into contact with next that's that's in alignment with, with the things that I, I deem valuable. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm in a very exciting season. I have to ask this for the ladies because I would be remorse if I didn't because for me being a single woman, I get tired as hell here. Like, oh, we're amazing women. Like, if you come across an amazing woman, why don't you get your shit together and be what she needs you to be? <laughs> opposed to, oh, I met some amazing women. Like, okay, like, <laughs> why don't you take heed to that opposed to letting one slip away and just being built up for the next one? I'm think, sorry, I want to draw no, my no, own no, personal that's, no, that's, no, that's perfect because I actually like those kind of questions because then it comes down to a collaborative approach because it's not more so one-sided where you can project and say, how come this? It's more so how come us? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, if I have a perspective on something and you have one, we got to find a common ground in order to, to, for us to move forward anyways. 
and a, and a lot of what I've experienced with women is they're willing to give something to men, but even though the man is not willing to give something back, they're still willing to stay. Mm. And that says a lot about how this is going to progress into the lack of accountability that you're going to show me later mm. in life when the stakes are even higher. And so some of these things you may think is as minute when it comes to the wheel, we just going through the motions or we, we up again, we, or we toxic, whatever it may be. But I read a little deeper into those kind of things, regardless, mm-hmm. like you may think it's, so it's just, oh, I'm, I'm being, you know, uh, I'm not changing or I'm not doing things that you're asking me to do in a timely fashion. But at the end of the day, I may be, you know, trying to, you know, get my gear in motion, but I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. And, but your lack of accountability for me is telling me it's okay. You know what I mean? And so regardless, I know women, you like know, that. I stick around because I, I, I see the potential. Everybody got potential. You yeah. know what I mean? Literally everybody, no yeah. matter what, it's just it's, it's how you looking at it. And I think if, if you can't, you know, not give an ultimatum, but really be stern in your approach. The same thing with a child. If you put him on punishment and the next day he get his same toy back, he going to get stronger. But for you, for your lack thereof, you know what I mean? That's what happens in relationships. Same mm-hmm. thing. Okay. Go right off that because I saw you just do. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, praise God, first of all. Um, <laughs> that was really good, Jerron. Uh, I, I mean, that's tough to follow. Um, I, I'll say. Awesome, Jim. I, I think uh, in agreement, everything, everything um, he said. And I think, I think for me, so like I was surrounded by strong black women. I was raised by strong black women. So I think for me, when I look for anything in a partner, and I think, so there's two things I always say to folks to, to answer your question directly. One, as an only child, you learn to be self-sufficient. Um, so it's taken a long time for me to actually open my heart to be like, do I actually even need somebody else? Okay. One. And then uh, there's, there's the 40-in complex of like, are you my mother? Right? Like I watched my mom, uh, and, and I feel bad always telling this story because I, I love the relationship I have with my father now, and I actually understand him as a man much differently than I did as a child. But if I'm speaking as a child, I saw my mom doing exactly what you're saying. Like, you know, working three jobs, taking care of my dad when he was in and out of jail, when he was on drugs. Like, and yeah. I was just like, what are you doing? Like, why are you yeah. doing this? And like, why? she just did it because that's how she knew. And I watched my grandmother do that. And I watched my aunt do that. And I watched my cousin do that and, and, and all those things. And so when it came to me, I was like, I don't know if I want that. And I tell people now, like, I... Um, what I've tended to experience in relationships is people, because I'm very playful, um, people tend to think that like, I want a mother, but I'm like, my mother wasn't even that. Like, I want a partner. Mm-hmm. I want you to do this life thing with me because I'm self-sufficient. I'm my own best friend. Like I, I people are surprised when they get into relationships with me because I'm, I'm gregarious and charismatic. But when I go home, I'm chill. Like, you know, it's, it's low lights. Don't say a whole bunch. Like, put on that same old sitcom. Let's watch Martin. You know, like, I'm very low-key. Yeah. Um, people are shocked at that because my public persona is very large. And that's what yeah, I've been taught to be. But, yeah. um, but in my intimate space, I love, I love these things. This isn't really intimate. There's a 4K light. My whole left side is sweating. But, you know, like, it feels... <laughs> This conversation could be on the couch. You know, it's good. This conversation could be on the couch. So I think, I think it's just, all things are relative. But to your point, I've had to grow up too. There's definitely been some people that I have hurt, right? Through my emotional um, yeah. unavailability or from my ability to connect. Um, some feedback I've gotten from former people I've dated has been like, because I'm so public and because I give so much in this space, they've been like, we don't feel like you give us any different love than you give your clients or your students or your whatever. And so I've had to take that and be like, man, you're right. 
Um, because I, I put work and service before anybody else for a long time. Wow. So I put as a teacher, as an educator, I put work first. I was yeah. like, if you can't get with this, then you can't get with this. Like, oh, wow. you know, you better be available when I be available, be at the Cheesecake Factory right before it closes. Like, we're going to get that slice <laughs> and that pasta. And I've had to learn I have to be better. Right. Wow. But again, part of that came from just not valuing me. I didn't see me enough to be loved. Right. And so like some of that just comes back to the same work. And it's unfortunate Mm -hmm. um, that you have to go through people. Um, I've always tried to mend and hold on to those relationships. But yeah, I've I've had great people that I'm glad have gone on to better things. Mm -hmm. I feel like. Um, And we just talked about this before coming on the stage. We were staging this because I was like, we all can't be on black. He got to be in red. He got to be close to you. Um, Like the pop of color. Yeah, no, we had to. I was like, it looks like Christmas (laughs) in February. But um, (laughs) You got to be good to people, right? And I and I, what I never wanted to be was the person that were like, I can't love because I dated Marcus. Mm. I never wanted that. I was always a clear communicator, and and I think I've done that. I might have one person who hates my guts. Outside of that, <laughs> I think I'm good. I think we all been there. We all got one. Absolutely, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, you know, we're getting closer to the end, and again, appreciate your vulnerability. And for me, I just want to know where do you get your sense of self. How do you find that? As I I know a lot of, you know, we work with a lot of young people, particularly athletes, Mm -hmm. and we know that sometimes their self-image comes cookie cutter. You know, they they get their judgment, they get their, um, not the judgment, they get their sense of self by looking at someone else and saying, well, that person's cool and that person's cool. And sometimes it's not people, they look up to people that sometimes we don't want them to become. Like how... How do young men or how did you guys find your sense of self as you took your journey? Like, you know, how do you know if you want to be uh, the strong, presenting, loud person? Or how do you know if you want to be a reserved person? You know, even my, in my family, my brothers are very quiet. They like to observe. For, so people always are like, are they OK when they go into a room? But they're just not very trusting with their words because they don't know who's going to use it against them. And so just wondering how you guys see that and. I know that's a long winded way of just, but how do you see your sense of self, I guess? How do you, where do you get it from? That's a, that's a really good question. Cause I think um, a lot of times uh, with boys more so uh, than anything, we got a lot of insecurities that, that we either uh, take heed to or we bury, you know mm. what I mean? And, um, it gets to a certain point where if you've been burying things for so long, you don't even know, where to dig it up, you know what I mean? Yes. And so you, you're going to continue to repeat the story that you mm-hmm. tell yourself. And uh, a lot of how I kind of came to be who I am today uh, is it, multifaceted, but it's, it's basically predicated on good mentorship. You know, I, I try to surround myself with men that do the things that I aspire to do. You know what I mean? It's, it's not a, granted, it's a lot of people out there imprinting on you every day. You know what I yes. mean? And it's like, sometimes you don't even know it, you know, because everything is more, like I said, automated right now. You might be on autopilot. You might just be on Facebook. You ain't even really watching. You just scrolling. Just you, something's going to catch your eye. You know what it is. But right now you really just going through the motions. You know what I mean? And, and, and a lot of that is, you know, it gets to a point where you don't even know um, how to separate your reality from um, what you think is real versus how, what, what you actually live. And a lot of what I do, um, and I have a lot of positive self-talk, you know what I mean? It's, it's important to be intentional with what I'm telling myself as soon as I get out of bed, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes mm-hmm. I even play music on the wake-up, you know what I mean? Because 
Yeah, I try to get you know, five. It's your mindset. Yeah, you know, yeah. five thirty. Yeah. Hell, I don't even want to have a conversation in the morning. But mm-hmm. if I got this vibe in the back, I'm on my shoulders going to eventually get loose. You know, so mm-hmm. at some point, I just I, I take it one moment at a time because all this stuff is fleeting. You know, one of the fascinating things about life is just like we deal with emotions every day, but nobody teach you how to handle them. You got to go pay somebody once you get to an adult age to kind of, kind of say that's like that's okay to deal with certain emotions or your trauma. It's okay to say, you know, X, Y, and Z. Because a lot of men go through things that's like, I can't tell society yeah. that I went through X, Y, and Z because they're going to they gonna position me as this or they're going to look at me like that. And if I'm like, think about life, though. You build or spend every moment building character, building, building a reputation. Yeah. And then one thing you do, one thing you say, one picture, one video, one action, it's your kid's school, one action, you know. Out drinking, you know, with somebody else that ain't your spouse, and you didn't just disrupted your whole timeline of what yeah. you had going on, and that's crazy. That's heavy. You know what I mean? It's kind of like credit. You know, you usually yeah. wake up, you know, it's this hell one working out, choice. but one little thing, it's like, damn, you knocked me two hundred points, a hundred points. Just for that one crazy. time, yeah. Yeah, but it's just like you know, and so just understanding, like, the biggest thing you could do is get an understanding. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and that's saying a lot, but it's like whatever that means to you, you got to get an understanding. You know, yeah. So. And thank you for just being honest enough to say that there are insecurities because sometimes we don't want to admit that we have insecurities or sometimes people play on to that. Like, oh, you're insecure and make it a very negative thing. Let me, let me say this. And so it's something so common, I guess. It's something I, I realized when you, you know, in America, I guess it's an American thing. Um, but you give somebody a comment. The first thing they do, they're going to deflect it. Girl, you looking good today. I'm some nice shoes. Oh, man, he's old, man. I, mean, I need a haircut. Oh, yeah. I just gave you something to make you feel good about yourself. Regardless if it was genuine or not, I just said it. You know what I mean? The first thing we're going to do, we're going to, oh, no, but you. We're going to go right to the next person. Take that love. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's only so much you're going to get at the end of the day. Because life meant to beat your ass. It ain't meant to love on you. You know what I mean? The people that you got in your circle are supposed to love on you. I mean, think mm-hmm. about how all, all sports are formulated. They got half times, they got timeouts, they got breaks, right? Those breaks. So you, while you, while you playing, you getting beat on, right? You're going to call a timeout, come back over and let me show you some love, right? You got this, you good, you good. You know, go back in there, get beat up. You know what I mean? So it's all the same. It's the same thing in life. You go outside, go out your door, get beat up. Come back home, babe, it was tough out there. I lost my job. It's all good. We're going we gonna to make it. We're going to figure it out. You know what I mean? And you're going right back at it. So it's like, you, you got to be able to have enough in you to keep going after you didn't got, got beat, got your ass face. You know wow. what I mean? So that's how you formulate who you're going to become. Because at the end of the day, anytime you go through any fight or flight experience, it's more than something that's just, you know, that can kind of take you out of life. But I'm saying it's more so like when I got to give a speech in front of my, my execs in the morning, or I got to go in there, I got to, I got to read in front of my kids class. Something so simple as that. You'll be surprised on how many people get anxiety about reading out loud. You know what right. I mean? And it's something so small, but it's like, it's so big in the grand scheme of things because that's something that's going to perpetuate to her kids or that person's kids or that person's family. You know what I mean? Because it's all the same. You know, tradition is a big thing that we, especially people that look like us, that we suffer with. You know, we can't get away from our family's tradition because it's like, my auntie did it. My uncle did it. This is what they do. So mm-hmm. I got to do it. You know, environment necessarily don't dictate. What's yeah. Not, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's what since the self comes from. You know what I mean? The traditions and what you've been subjected to. And then ultimately I get to a certain age where it's hard to pull away from. Mm. You know what I mean? And so 
you know, I'm just getting to understand you getting imprinted on by everybody. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm learning a lot from y'all. You know what I mean? And even people that I just met today, it's like, you know, but it's intentional. Because mm-hmm. You can walk past people that look like us. We walk past each other all the time, but we'd be willing to speak so quickly to somebody else about something, you know what I mean, that we could just like, you know, if Shay would have walked past me and I wouldn't speak to her, I would feel a way. And I don't even, I don't have to know her or not. It's just more so, you know, she looks like me. And a lot of times we go unnoticed. You know what I mean? Like if you walk in a store, how many times you got to sit there and wait for somebody to come talk to you? You know what I mean? It's like, no, you see me. You know what I mean? I'm standing right here patient. Do I got to put my hand up and be a little extra for you? You know what I mean? Because that's, that's what they kind of want me to do. But more so than not, if I know myself, I don't have to get out of body for, for a situation that don't really mean nothing. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times Absolutely. we get out of our square because... You know, somebody looked at us wrong, stepped on our white shoes. You wore them to a party. What did you think was going to happen? You know what I mean? It's just a lot of things that just go on that just, I kind of scratch my head at. Uh, but yeah, sorry. No. Well, listen, I know just that was a, a lot, but I think it was necessary and people need to hear it. So thank you, Jerron. Thank you, Brandon, for being on our podcast. Marcus. I was oh, like, where's Brandon at? <laughs> <laughs> thank you Marcus (laughs) for being on our podcast because these conversations are heavy and they're not easy and it's the vulnerability that really gives you a sense of just encouraging someone else that may need to hear the words that you said today so Thank you for being here. We appreciate you. Thank you, Tippers, for hanging in. It's been a long day. Thank you for being as part of our first live episode. Sitting in those chairs are not easy, so we appreciate you guys. And thank you for continuing. Please continue to follow Tipping the Scales for every podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Jerron. Appreciate it.